This is Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome back, listeners, to another segment of Financially Tuned with myself, Simon Hilliard, from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Today's show is going to be, is your retirement income safe? As we discussed that a little bit, uh, talking about retirement income, protecting that, and uh, get into a little bit about the importance of that, different market conditions, and how that uh, impacts your retirement income as you plan and move through that stage of life. Uh, Before we get started, though, I want to mention to the listeners, if you're listening today, have questions, you're welcome to give us a call at any point at 855-793-2409 or check us out online at wellingtonadams.com. As we get started here, I want to introduce my co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. How are you doing today, Tony? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Simon. And I can't wait for uh, Baron to come back. Uh, It's just you and I again today. But uh, we'll make it through. And Simon, I know you have a lot of great information for us. So yeah, I'm keeping busy with work. I love doing the show with you, though. I look forward to this each week, Simon, because I always, number one, learn something. And number two, I enjoy giving you a hard time on the radio. Right? <laughs> that's right, Tony. That's half, that's half the fun of the show. Yeah, it is. We like to have fun. I hope it keeps it interesting for the listener. I mean, sometimes people think, Oh, do I really want to hear about retirement planning or taxes or Social Security or, you know, CDs or the market? But it's so important. Uh, And especially the older we get, uh, you want to start soon, though, and have a plan in place. So uh, is our retirement income safe? Uh, I always wonder that. And I'm like, wow, uh, are we going to have to tap into it before we get to retirement to help our kids pay for college? Is it going to be there for us when we finally do retire? My wife and I are always concerned about this. It seems like a pretty common topic uh, that's discussed in preparation for retirement. Is our income going to be safe, right? Well, yeah, I think so. But also, no, sometimes, you know, it's kind of one of those yes and no type of uh, answers in response to is it discussed a lot. I think just specifically because you know, everybody knows that they need to have a retirement plan and they need to have income in retirement and things like that. And they address it a little bit to one extent or another, but not necessarily maybe the income portion of the retirement rather than just your overall investment mix. I think it's kind of overlooked from time to time. And I think it's, there's two distinct differences and two distinctly different things and require different kind of uh, components as to how you address them. Hmm. Now you said uh, income in retirement, not just an investment mix. I don't know exactly what you mean by that. Clarify that for us. Well, sure. You know, if you talk about your income in retirement, you know, we're talking about, you know, the physical income that you're living on, that's going to replace the wages, your paycheck that you're used to having to pay the bills and to do the things that you enjoy. So you've got your social security, which is the base of your income. Uh, We just wrapped up a seminar recently 
uh, on social security planning. And we've got another one coming up next month for the listeners if they're interested. You know, for those that are lucky enough to have a pension on, in addition to that, you know, it's probably, I think, one of our seminars when we're asking people and, you know, talking to people about pensions, it's about 20% of the crowd uh, these days that, only, you know, only 20% that has a pension anymore. Mm. So in addition to those different sources of income, you know, what do you need for your needs and your wants, you know, to pay the utilities, uh, keep up with the house, the repairs, things like that on a monthly and annual basis as well as the extra money that you need for the things that you want to do to enjoy, you know, your hobbies, whether that be golf or shopping or antiques or just things around the house, gardening. Um, if you like to travel, shopping, you know, extra clothing, those types of things, you, know, you want your income to be there um, from your investments to supplement those other sources to meet those needs and those desires that you have. Well, sure. There's a lot of different expenses that are going to come into play uh, in retirement, especially if you want to have a comfortable retirement and have uh, not only money for the needs, like you said, uh, you know, that uh, you maybe your living expenses, if you have still have a house note or rent, uh, and then of course, repairs, utilities, but then uh, like a lot of folks want to travel and that's not cheap. I mean, you know, whether you want to get an RV and travel around to the state parks or or visit different states, or you want to fly to Europe uh, or fly across country, it can get expensive. So you have to plan for these things. And then, of course, there, there are the biggies like taxes and health care that take a chunk too. So some of <laughs> right. these things often do get overlooked. Why is that? Well, I think a large part of it is because there's less focus on the planning of your income and more focus on uh, the investment side of things. You know, it's because our entire life we've spent working with a broker or with our 401k in that accumulation phase of life. We're used to saving, growing the money. And when we look at our investments and discuss our investments, that's the discussion we're used to having is, you know, am I aggressive? Am I, you know, do I need to be more moderate or more conservative at this stage? You know, do I need more stocks or more bonds in my mix? You know, do I have more dividend paying stocks and less growth stocks? Things like that. Um, from both sides of the equation, you know, you as the investor, the saver, and on the other side, the broker, you know, we're all used to working with the same broker that may have had a strength in growth and saving and accumulation in phase of life. So we're used to that and we don't want to entertain discussing something else or meeting someone new or finding an expert that has a different area of focus. You know, it's like when we were kids and we went to, you took your kids to the pediatrician you know, it's no disrespect to them as you get older to say, well, now I've got health issues and I'm not going to go back to my pediatrician necessarily. I'm <laughs> going to go to an expert that's in right. the field and for the age group that we're working with. Same thing kind of translates to the investment conversation in the financial planning at this stage of the game. I like that analogy. Uh, I haven't thought about going to the pediatrician in a long time <laughs> because my kids are older and uh, yeah, I remember those days, but yeah, you do want a different doctor who specializes in a different age group. Um, but you also, we, we need income protection. We need these things. We need to work with a professional like ourselves, like yourself, uh, you and Baron. So, but give us some background on income protection and how, um, we can get that from our, for our investments. Sure. You know, a lot of the listeners, you know, if you think back, maybe be familiar, remember the time when we were told when we were saving for retirement that we'd be able to draw 6% from our investments to live on and we wouldn't have to worry about running out of that. 
So 6% was a pretty healthy number. And then back in 1994, which is going quite a ways back, even before the tech bubble happened, uh, William Begnan co-authored a study with Morningstar, and they recommended that that 6% withdrawal be reduced to 4%. Yep. And that was a pretty big step, obviously. I mean, 6% to 4%, sometimes in our mind we say, well, that's not that big of a deal, but that's a third of your income being reduced. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Again, in 2013, after 2008, after some tech bubble uh, numbers back before that came along, Morningstar revised its old 4% rule and said that we were going to cite a new number of 2.8%, oh. so even less than 3%. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. That would be tough to live on just 2.8% of what you have. Yeah, exactly. And if you think back to it, it used to be 6% just not so long before that when you were starting out and saving, and now it's cut to less than half. That's a pretty big move. And Morningstar cited a few things. They said, you know, the increased market volatility as of late, you know, the lower interest rate environment that they're seeing here compared to historic norms. And that's in 2013, mind you, not even today's low interest rate environment. You know, a lot of people understanding that they want a more conservative investment mix and they're not taking on as much risk in retirement. All those things meant that they weren't able to draw as high of an income off of their investments. So that makes a big deal or a big difference in the, you know, your planning. Wall Street Journal about the same time came out with an article that said, say goodbye to the old 4% rule. So their research and where they were drawing their, inf in, uh, their information from lined up very similar to what Morningstar was saying at the time. Think about it this way, Tony. In order to generate $30,000 a year of income for your retirement from your investments, back in the old days when you could draw 6%, you only needed 500000 in order to do that. Once they reduced it to 4%, now in order to get your 30000 of income, you needed another 250000 or 750000 to meet that income goal. Now, under these revised numbers, in order to just to get $30,000 a year from your investments, increase it along the way for inflation and not be fearful of it running out, Morningstar is telling you that you can only withdraw 2.8%, so you need a little over a million dollars in order to generate that income. So a big so, difference depending on these different rules that they're mentioning now and the, the realistic amounts that you can should be withdrawing from your investments. Well, our time is about up for this first segment. We have to take a quick break here. But before we do, Simon, is there anything you want to add for our listeners? Well, Tony, you guys know, uh, so should the listeners, that the goal of our uh, radio show is here is to help educate the listeners. You know, that's part of the reason that we do the different seminars that we do, reach out to new people. Um, today's show is one that I'm a little bit passionate about because I think it's a topic that's underserved, often not well known as thoroughly as it should be and not really addressed as well in the industries it should be. Um, anytime the listeners want to reach out to us, they can call us at 855-793-2409 or reach us on the website at wellingtonadams.com. As we've mentioned before, we always set aside a couple of uh, appointment slots each week to sit down, discuss these topics with the listeners or things that are on their minds. Uh, we're happy to do so. There's no cost, no obligation to sit down with us and do that complimentary review. Also, keep in mind that we pretty much every month have some type of educational seminar going on. We just wrapped up one for Social Security. Uh, we've got another one coming up next month. So check out the website to find out more about those. All right. Thanks, Simon. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Simon Hilliard here on Financially Tuned. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. Call Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. 
We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 855-793-2409 or visit us at wellingtonadams.com. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Financially Tuned. Today's topic is, is your retirement income safe? Yeah, that's a great question. And you've had a lot of information for us so far. I mean, you talked about um, what we need in retirement and how it keeps changing. And, you know, it sounds like it's going to take more and more income uh, to meet our income needs in retirement. You're going to need more and more. So you have to have a plan in place to deal with this and get the peace of mind you need to live a comfortable retirement and make sure that money's going to be there each month when you need it. So um, educate us a bit on this process. Sure, Tony. It'll be a little bit of a challenge here on the radio, but there's a couple of slides that we use that are educational pieces to uh, help inform people, make them aware of different things uh, when it comes to investment planning, financial planning, uh, income awareness, also where we are right now specifically in kind of the market cycle uh, that we walk through when we talk to our clients here as of late or new clients that we're coming across. So there's lots of numbers in some of these things. So I'll try to simplify it a bit. Um, I'll give you the figures and the info, and then I'll also give you the takeaway to kind of make it a little bit simp- simple as we kind of walk through it here. Sure. Sure. That sounds good. Um, All right. uh, you know, uh, obviously these slides, uh, radio is not a visual medium, Simon, you know that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just I think some, right, some of these topics are will be important in the context of what we're talking about today. So Good. one of the first things that we talk about is uh, some research that was done by one of the investment groups that we work with. Uh, there's a couple different sources that we get some information from. A lot of them kind of come up with the same types of things, obviously. So this is one of the uh, pieces that we reference. And basically, it's just looking back from 2000 up until last year, 2017. So the last 18 years, they're looking at what the la- the uh, Wall Street analysts annual projections are. So, you know, at the beginning of each year, you know, everyone wants to know, well, what's going to happen in the stock market this year? And the analysts come out and they give their, you know, the big Wall Street analysts come out and give their projections. So in the last 17 years, two things are of interest. One is the average estimate that they give is 9%. Well, the stock market average is 9.2% or so historically. So it's not big surprise to say, well, that's the average that they're estimating. Mm -hmm. But year by year, the interesting thing is, is that they're off by more than 13%. So each year they come out, they're off by a significant amount, some years by lesser amounts, other years, only one year historically in the last 18 where they spot on. And a very big interest is never once in the last 18 years have they estimated a negative return. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the takeaway there is just simply this. Even the great guys that have all the research, analytics, and tools in the world aren't very consistent in estimating what's going to happen. That's like the weather. You know, you can look a couple days ahead and a couple weeks ahead potentially and say, you know, this is what we're expecting and this is what should influence things. But as obviously as you look out months and years ahead, it's impossible to know. There's just so many different factors that can influence the stock market. So it's half a guessing game when you're asking people, what do we think is going to happen over the course of the next year? So keep that in the back of your mind as you're doing your planning. You, know, you can't assume we know what's going to come. All right. Well, what's the next slide telling us? The next one just simply is talking about the historical bear markets or in layman's terms, the declines. So if we talk about declines of significance, if they were 20% or greater, 
How often does that happen? Well, historically, we average two a decade, and the average decline is 37%. So wow. there's plenty of decades where there was only one major correction. There's a couple where there was three or four, but pretty consistently, it's two major corrections every decade, and the average is 37%. Wow, and we haven't had one since the, the big one in 2008. <laughs> and there you have it, my man. We are less than a year and a half away from the end of this decade, and we have yet to have one. Wow. So not a scare tactic that we have to. We could be the first decade in history to make history. That's always possible. Or we could have one. But the bigger takeaway there is just this. 37% average decline twice every decade. So that's part of the normal cycle of investing. So we have to be aware of that for two things. One is that when it happens, we don't panic and make poor investment decisions. And secondly, as we plan out our income and our retirement, we're prepared for that. All right. Well, yeah, bear markets, we've been in a bull market for so long, but now we're starting to see more volatility and people are wondering when, when that other shoe is going to drop. But like you said, you, you don't have to let your emotions get out of control or worry about it if you have a solid plan in place uh, to deal with it. So what's next? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the next point is talking about the recoveries. Historically, again, in the last seven major uh, bear markets that we had, the recoveries that followed averaged about 90%. An average is an average, same as the last slide. I'll mention that, you know, average means average. It can be greater significantly, lesser significantly, um, but that's kind of the midpoint uh, or average of that. So that means the last seven years, the average recovery is 90%. The greatest one historically was 130-ish, 128.5. And right now we're at a 300% recovery. So we are three times the average recovery in history. So again, not a fear factor, but more than likely we're due for a major correction or adjustment here in the near future. So plan accordingly with your investment income. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. And those, uh, those stats are interesting considering where, where we've been with that huge, basically crash market crash in 2008 and, and yep. then the amazing recovery that set records. So uh, yeah, again, uh, that shoe is just hanging above us, ready to fall on <laughs> our head, but we don't know. Maybe we'll make it. Um, uh, what's the next one then? Well, the next one, Tony, goes over the amount of return that you need to make up for a loss. You know, if the market's down 10% and it goes back up 10%, you know, you're pretty close to where you started. But the greater the decline, we actually need a higher return to make up for that. You know, you see that sometimes in those little trick questions that are asked, you know, if the market goes down 25% and it goes back 25%, you know, are you back where you started? And the answer is no, because you're starting at a lower number. So, you know, if you're at hundred thousand, you go down to 75,000, you can't get the same return. You know, the same 25% return is not going to get you back up to hundred thousand. You know, if you're down 25%, you need a 33% return to get you back to where you started. Yep. And the interesting part is the, you know, the compound effect, the greater the decline, the greater number you need to make up for it. So if you look at a 35% decline, you need a 54% return to get you back to where you started. And we just mentioned that the average decline is 37% and it happens twice a decade. So 35% is no unusual occurrence, but that means that we need 54% to make that back up. So again, if you are planning out your retirement, you know, how conservative are you? When do you make those decisions? If you make a poor decision to get more conservative when things are down, that makes it that much more difficult to get back up. Or if you're drawing money out, think about that. You know, if you're drawing money out and you're taking out three or four or five percent a year and you're down 
40%, 35%, you need 53% to overcome that. And it takes two or three or four years to get back to where you were. Now you've drawn out another three or 4% each year. You need that as well to make up. So it becomes more and more difficult to kind of claw yourself back out of those holes when you're taking income. Wow. Well, and you know, there's math involved there, but it, it always is interesting to people don't realize if you have a uh, hundred dollars and you lose 50, uh, percent, you, you almost have to have a hundred percent to get back to, right. I mean, or 75% yep, right. to get back uh, to where you were. So, yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, this is really good information. What's next? Well, the other one you're not going to be able to see, and it kind of takes a little bit away from it, but in essence, they're looking at now, how does this generate to income planning? And we look at drawing out, you know, if we start with $500,000 and we draw out 5% a year, so that used to be an easy number to kind of work with. We took out $25,000. We increase it along the way for inflation. And basically, we're just looking at 20 years worth of returns in the stock market and what happens over that period of time. So in the scenario, there's portfolio A and B. And the only difference between A and B is that the returns are 20 years of the stock market's returns in one order. The second scenario is the same exact returns in the exact opposite order. So your average return is over 10% a year. Everybody that's listening, if we said, hey, would 10% a year be a good rate of return to average in your retirement, better raise their hand because that would be fantastic to have. But the fact is, is that in the first scenario, we grow our money to a million and a half dollars and we're taking income the entire time. And in the second scenario, we run out after only 18 years. And that's just because of when the ups and downs occur in conjunction with us taking income. So if you ran that without taking the income, you'd end up with the exact same average and the exact same total at the end of the day. But if you start drawing income out, there's a difference of in one scenario ending up with 500,000 growing to a million and a half versus 500,000 are running out in only 18 years. In both scenarios, we're averaging more than 10% a year. So income planning again and the withdrawals have a significant impact on how our portfolio performs over time and recovers from those declines along the way. Well, uh, this is a lot of info. <laughs> to take in and it can get overwhelming, can it? Yeah. yeah, it can, but you know, it's not meant to scare again, you know, it's just meant to kind of make us aware of a few things. Namely, you can't predict what's coming in the stock market. So don't assume that we can and don't plan with certain expectations plan that we know that things are going to be uncertain. And while there's many extremes and, you know, and in the scenarios, sometimes those extremes are part of the normal cycle of investing. And we have to be aware of that in both our way that we respond emotionally, but also in the way that we do our planning. You know, also that there are big declines um, take a lot more to overcome than sometimes we realize. And sometimes a lower rate of return with less volatility is going to get us further ahead. Um, and that, that doesn't always mean, you know, it doesn't always equate to a bad thing. You got to think about the fluctuations and how that impacts your income along the way, Tony. Sure. So let's talk about some solutions before we run out of time here for our show today. Uh, I'm sure you have a few solutions for us. Well, yeah, you know, of course, there's a variety of solutions, uh, different opinions when it comes to income planning and how to set up your portfolios, which investment options to choose. You know, you've got the insurance agents uh, out there saying that annuities are the best solution out there. Uh, you've got all kinds of annuities, variables and fixed and index ones. You've got income riders. You've got annuitization. That's like a pension on that side of things. 
on the flip side, you've got the brokers out there. You know, that's where the bulk of the money and time has been spent in your lifetime saving and accumulating money. And they want you to continue to carry that mentality forward. Maybe just adjust the amount of risk in there and keep drawing from the same types of portfolio investments that you've used, maybe with some slight adjustments uh, or different managed account strategies in there. Yeah. But you know, what we certainly want to address when we're talking about coming up with solutions is some certainty. Add that into the equation, give you some peace of mind. And that's the big factor is if you understand some of these factors, if you're working with somebody that is aware of the income planning aspects, the different things to be aware and the different concerns and how different uh, market cycles and timing and things like that will impact it, then they can set up a plan to protect you accordingly and give you much more peace of mind. Yeah. I think that's so important. And so uh, what are some other suggestions you have for us? Well, you know, people can address uh, the income planning portion that we're specifically focusing on today in a number of different ways. I'm going to start out with one that everybody either loves or hates, and that's annuities. You know, people have a lot of preconceived notions and assumptions about them. But if we set those aside today and not argue whether they're good or bad, we just kind of point out that that is a good option, especially if you're looking to protect a lifetime of income. Uh, you can do that via lifetime or you can do it via kind of structuring and bucketing. You know, there's lifetime income annuities that'll give you a payout for lifetime with certain guarantees. You can also break it into shorter periods of time and kind of do a bucketing approach that a lot of people have seen out there. A lot of people use in their income planning. Um, neither one or the other, I would say is better or worse. Just depends on the scenario. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of flack about them and a lot of love about them. Um, Interestingly enough, years back, I had read an article by Wharton Business School. So uh, obviously they know what they're talking about when it comes to finances. When you talk about Wharton Business, uh, their key takeaway was they analyze numerous different scenarios, all types of market risk and expectations and historical returns, all different varieties of investment options, mutual funds, bonds, annuities, different take, you know, all kinds of different things in their whole and basically everything that they could find as a viable option they analyze and their research came out with the number one best way to protect your income in retirement was to use an annuity. Basically structure as much in the annuity as you need to meet your income needs and wants, and then the rest of the money that's left over, invest it in according to your risk tolerance. So interesting that that's what they came up with as their final uh, takeaway. And there's still, you know, a lot of people that are so have a lot of concerns about them, but good, good, interesting information there, I think. Yeah, I think it's great. Now we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add? For the listeners today, if you have a plan and you want a second opinion on it, make sure that it does address some of these topics we talked about. Or if you have yet to put together an income plan uh, or a plan that you think is thorough enough to address some of these concerns, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to do a no obligation, uh, no cost complimentary consultation for the listeners. As we mentioned before, we set aside a couple appointment slots each week just to do that. Um, you can reach us at 855-793-2409 or through the website at wellingtonadams.com if you'd like to reach us that way or check out a little bit more about us. We also have some previous shows on there as well as the events team that lists the uh, upcoming different educational events and resources that we have available to you. All right. Well, I think that's great and great show today, Simon. Listeners, that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with our host, Simon Hilliard. Join us next time, same time, same place for another episode of Financially Tuned. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald or Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. 
Call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.